Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, February 15th, 2018. And today we are reading from the big book and we're on page 27, starting with paragraph one, which is some of our alcoholic readers and reading through four paragraphs, which ends with with an alcoholic of our description, and you'll notice there's an asterisk there, but we have studied the appendix already in its entirety. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Virginia S., the 12 Traditions, Sylvia F., and reading the text today and being of support is Mary H., Peggy M., and Karen T. The reference numbers, which are our share ID numbers for yesterday's 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 11046, 11046, and that would be Wednesday, February 14, 2018. And then our share ID number for this morning, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting today, Thursday, the 15th, 11052. 11052. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Virginia S. to read the 12 steps. Hi, I'm Virginia. I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, Twelve steps. Sorry. Step one. We admitted we were powerless over food and our lives had become unmanageable. Step two. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, um, sorry, Uh, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, Um, uh, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. 
Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Virginia S. I will now ask Sylvia F. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning, everyone. Sylvia F., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in San Francisco Bay. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Sylvia F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 27, paragraph one, reading through four paragraphs, which ends with with an alcoholic of our description. And I'll ask Mary H. 
to open up this discussion by reading those paragraphs. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Melanie. This is Mary H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. Some of our alcoholic readers may think they can do without spiritual help. Let us tell you the rest of the conversation our friend had with this doctor. The doctor said, you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. I have never seen one single case recover where that state of mind existed to the extent that it does in you. Our friend felt as though the gates of hell had closed on him with a clang. He said to the doctor, is there no exception? Yes, replied the doctor, there is. Exceptions to cases such as yours have been occurring since early times. Here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are phenomena. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men are suddenly cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. In fact, I have been trying to produce some such emotional rearrangement within you. With many individuals, the methods which I am I employed are successful, successful, but I have never been successful with an alcoholic of your description. Hey, boy, those are the gates of hell clanging. Um, so I think we're experiencing or witnessing, you know, part of Roland Hazard's step one experience, that doom that he's understanding that he's different than the regular overeater. And, um, boy, he's given some really difficult news. And I think that's what we share on these lines, too, is that this is this is hard to hear. If you've been trying and trying and trying and nothing's working, um, you know, there's a solution. That's what we're talking about here. But it's not always what, it wasn't what I wanted to hear. Um, and from my experience going through this, that vital spiritual experience, this rearrangement of ideas, emotions, and attitudes, I remember reading this and going, what is that? It sounded so, I just couldn't put my hands on what that was going to feel like or what how I was going to be changed. And it was a little scary as well. And, and I just want to share, I'm experiencing that it now. and it just isn't as mystifying as I thought it was. It's For me, it's, a, it's as simple as I went from me figuring everything out, me trying to um, do this, to what I've been told, I reach out to this higher power, at least I gave it a try, this higher power that was nothing but good and love and guidance, wanted, wanted everything for me that was positive and loving, you know, how could I not want to reach out to that and ask it for guidance? You know, I had this mind, this mental obsession, this mental illness that was killing me. It was telling me I was a piece of crap and really was trying just to take me under. And I saw that and I said, you know what, I'm going to reach out to this other force and say, I'm going to do whatever you say. 
And that has been that vital spirit, that, that change in my emotions and attitudes. I never reached out to God before. I, I didn't I didn't know how. And um boy what you know what a what a difference and why didn't I do this sooner? And <laughs> I had to be I had to be in a lot of pain. And um that's part of what the process is. So with that I pass. Thank you for letting me be of service. My apologies, Mary, for coughing like that. I thought I was muted. Thank you so much for your share. I'd like oh. to open up the lines now for folks to share on those four paragraphs, please. Karen T. Sylvie. Sylvia F. Karen Gina and R. Sylvia. Gina. Sylvia VG. Sylvia. Esther mm-hmm. C. Esther. Anything Shauna else? H. Sherry KB. And Sherry KB. Okay, let's go with that. Good lineup. And again, I apologize for coughing on the phone. I thought I was muted. Okay, so I have Karen T, Sylvia F, Gina R, Sylvia VG, Esther C, um, Shauna H, and Sherry KB. Hi, Karen. Hello, can I be heard? You can. Great. Hello, everyone. I'm Karen T, Recovered Compulsive Reader in Louisiana. Um, The uh, doctor had been taking care of this man, Roland Hazard, for more than a year. Uh, Well, I don't know exactly how long, but a long time. And um, he told him the truth. And we're told that we can um, tell other people in LA about the truth, that we're doomed, that it's a chronic problem. And because we have an answer. Um, And this doctor had an answer too. And the answer was this um, vital spiritual experience. And to this doctor back in the 1930s, it's they were very rare and phenomena. But it's, that's changed. Now we have a proven workable method by which we can arrest our illness. Um, through a lot of different sources, the 12 steps emerged. And the 12 steps are this method to get this huge emotional displacement and rearrangement um, and how we get a completely new set of conceptions and motives. And this is great news because it used to be a rare thing. And now, if you follow the 12 steps, you can be free of a chronic condition. Um, Even if your brain has been badly damaged by this disease and our bodies too. So this is huge. So a lot of people come into Overeaters Anonymous and I did this too and I tried to diet with group support and, um, you know, one really hasn't tried OA until you've done all 12 steps. And um, uh, it's happened before people come into OA and they don't try the 12 steps and they say OA doesn't work and they leave. So um, please give give OA a chance. Try all 12 steps and then you can decide if it works or not. Um, And uh, I... uh, 
do the 12 steps and I have a new ideas, emotions, and attitudes. Um, and, you know, I used to be um, controlled by my emotions. And now I have some steps to help me put them in perspective. It used to be, what do I feel like eating? And, you know, thank you. And so now um, I have a food plan. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Karen T. Sylvia F., you're next. And then, Gina, you'll be after Sylvia. Hi, this is Sylvia F., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in San Francisco Bay. And this is one of the most important paragraphs in the book, almost. Um, Of course, I could say that about almost any of them. But here, you know, we've spent a lot of time in um, in the disease, and we've talked about the doctor's opinion. You know, we've come in and we've discovered that we have a physical allergy and we have to be abstinent. We have to put the plug in the jug. We've got to put the food down. And then we have to deal with the obsession of the mind because food isn't jumping onto my plate. I, or my hand has to, you know, go into the bag or into the fridge or uh, buy the food. And it's my mind that is allowing my hand to do that. So I have to know what is the problem? And this is the chronic uh, alcoholic and the chronic uh, compulsive overeater. So here it is, and it says that all we need, all we need is a vital spiritual experience. And what are they talking about? They're talking about change. This is change. And it says uh, they appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. So we're going to change a lot about our emotions. It says ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding force of what we used to believe of these men are suddenly cast to one side. So I can't believe those things, whatever stories, whatever lies, whatever things that I believe that I had to have food for comfort, whatever those are, I have to put them aside and I have to adopt a completely new set of conceptions and motives. And that's what's going to dominate my, um, my thinking. And how does that happen? I don't get on my knees and pray and God like, you know, whammies me and then this happens. For most of us, it happens through getting a recovered sponsor and working through the steps and seeing my behavior, my thinking, my actions in a different way. When I can see it, I have a possibility to change it or at least pray to God to have it changed. And so what happened for me is I went from a very self-absorbed, very fearful, very defensive uh, person to someone who is pretty much not self-absorbed. If I get into fear, I have the spiritual toolkit to just say, oh yeah, I'm in fear and I can get out of it. I don't have to make everything about me. And uh, because I'm not reacting that way, I don't have to pick up food. This is huge. This paragraph is huge. It's, uh, for me, it is the uh, definition of recovered. When we say we're recovered, in a lot of ways, this is it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sylvia. Gina R., you're next. And Sylvia, you'll be after Gina. Good morning, Mel, and good morning, everybody. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. 
living in Green Valley, Arizona, where we are receiving blessed rain today. Very, very grateful. Um, I want to address the the person on the phone who might have been like me, who um, grew up having certain ideas, and like they talk about here, ideas, emotions, and attitudes. For many years, I felt like I was a helpless baby. Then I became the blaming bully. Then I became the bossy helper. And I did not know how to behave in any other way in order to feel like I was safe and secure and that my needs were being met. And then the food came in. The food would help to tamp down those feelings that was coming that were coming um, be, as a result of the behavior that I exhibited. When I read here, um, are suddenly cast to one side, I'm thinking, oh, maybe that's the origin for the set-aside prayer. And then I go, I thumb through my book, and I realize, no, I really think the set-aside prayer is probably on pages 47 and 48 in the chapter to the agnostic. So this is like a prelude to that. This is a little bit of a nibble letting us know that um, this is what is possible. These ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were the guiding forces keeping us in that imprisoned state, are going to be suddenly cast to one side. But I still have to take some action, and I am so, so glad that my um, Ebby Thatcher and then my guide helped me focus on that very simple prayer to ask my higher power to set aside everything, everything I thought I knew about everything. And it was because of that and then working these steps diligently, faithfully, imperfectly, that those three things I described earlier, they transformed. I am now the empowering ally. I am respected leader and I am a conscious kid. Everything I need is and will be provided, and God works through me. Even though I may have a sense of fear, I don't have to become the fear and let it rule and operate my life. And I certainly don't have to pick up the food or the behaviors that kept my channel blocked from feeling and experiencing and knowing who is really in charge, not me, but my higher power. And that if I simply keep doing the daily work, that power will continue to flow through me and everything that comes to me, whether I think it's good or bad, is wonderful. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Gina R. Sivia BG, you're up next. And then Esther, you'll come up after Sivia. Good morning, everyone. Um, so this particular section has been so important to me for you know I've been in this program for nine years uh, the first three steps uh, or the first three years I worked the steps um, and then I didn't I my sponsors uh, didn't insist and I didn't do it because it was a lot of work um, and I was in and out of relapse uh, for probably the last four or five years and it's only been in the past six months where my sponsor has insisted and then pointed me to this group. And um, I, when I look at the vital, vital spiritual experience and the word vital, I mean, that's life. 
the, the your ex, experiences, spiritual experiences. And I was always waiting for this big thunderbolt. You know, I was waiting for um, fireworks to go off. And um, it wasn't until somebody pointed me to the appendix two, which talked about what spirit, what a spiritual experience and spiritual awakening was. And what they're talking about here is the nature of the huge emotional displacement and rearrangement. That's complete change. Ideas and emotions and attitudes that were once the guiding force of these lives of these men were suddenly cast to one side. That's change. New set of conceptions and motives. That's change. Producing such emotional rearrangements within you. That's change. And I had to change. And it wasn't until, I mean, I knew that I was an overeater. And I knew that if I weighed my food that I would, you know, lose weight. But I was so, you know, although I was in a, in a normal body now, I was miserable. And I created misery wherever I went. And with people that I loved that I didn't want to make them miserable. Um, that wasn't my intent. I always said to my husband, but I love you. I'm not doing this on purpose. Um, and it was this complete change through prayer, through meditation, through working the steps to lean on my higher power instead of leaning on my own willpower that was brought to my attention was able to, um, was that I was able to begin to change and open up my heart to this, this spirit um, that I call my higher power that has given me a daily reprieve um, that has allowed me to be recovered. And I thank God. I thank God for this group. Um, I thank God for the people who are willing to answer calls or take calls at all times of day uh, when I'm struggling um, and to be of service. And I thank God for those that I sponsor that keep me that remind me of who I am and and what I am and that I am an addict and no matter how much I don't want to be that uh, I am recovered and with that I pass thank you Sivia Sivia VG just wanted to say real quick here for those that came in later we're studying the big book on page 27 beginning with the first paragraph some of our alcoholic readers reading through four paragraphs discussing that in its entirety and it ends with with an alcoholic of our description of your description to be precise esther see you're next and then shauna you'll come up after esther hey good morning Sh- uh, 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 esther <laughs> hi melanie good morning my name is esther c i'm a recovered compulsive overeater in canada so this line ideas emotions and attitudes which were once the guiding forces it's not the favorite but it's really one of the top five my favorite lines in the big book and i and for me, it's a very liberating um, sentence, and I'll tell you why. I learned here that my way of viewing life, my way of viewing myself, my way of viewing the world needs to be completely thrown out and replaced by a new way of looking at myself, at life, and you know the world out there. And basically, the way I used to see life was all, all that I was the center of the universe, worrying about whether or not I'm happy, am I getting what I want, Who's going to give me what I want? What if they don't give me what I want? What if I don't get what I want? Do people like me? Do they not like me? Am I making a good impression? Everything everything that I did and every interaction that I had was seen as part of this great goal, which is 
what I would like to call uh, getting the most out of life. And that basic idea obviously has many manifestations, was completely turned on its head. And today, right, having done the 12 steps and recovered, I see my role differently now. I see myself um, serving a role where I serve my higher power, where I'm here to serve others. What can I bring to the situation? How can I shine light where there is darkness? This is a completely new way of seeing the world. And therefore, I'm not full of fear like I used to be and full of anger like I used to be when I wasn't getting my way. And interestingly, you'd think a life of service is so boring, dull, and, and difficult. Interestingly, this is the type of life that made me a very, very happy person. It was a completely liberating, um, uh, you know, world change of view for me. Um, and in terms of, and the, the reason that this was liberating is because what I understood was that the quality of my life, right, um, was going to be based on the thoughts that are produced in my mind. Right, the way I think determines the way I feel, which will determine then how I act and interact with others. And that is an extremely liberating thought because now I realize I could be happy even when I have challenges, even when I when things are difficult, even if people are sick, even when you know ostensibly things are not so easy. But I could still be a happy person because I'm no longer doing what I used to do, which is looking for life to give me something. But now I have learned to tap into a new inner resource, which is ever-present. And, and in that relationship with my higher power, that's what's going to determine the quality of my life, not whether or not I have a lot of money or have a nice house or get the job you know, of my dreams, or et cetera, et cetera. So this is... Um, in a nutshell, uh, I would say, how did this occur with do, through doing the, you know, embarking on the 12 steps of recovery and completing them? And, um, you know, now that I have a new way of thinking, this, you know, has an eight, oh, there's my timer. I'll just finish up by saying that I don't need to eat anymore because I'm not constantly trying to eat to cover up the pain and the disappointment and the resentment of not living, having the life that I wanted. And I think that that is the most miraculous thing of all. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Esther C. Shauna H., you're next. And then Sherry KB, you'll get ready after that. Hi, I'm Shauna H. from Clinton, Massachusetts. Clinton is in what we call the elbow of Massachusetts, Central Mass. What caught my eye today was that the very first thing that our guy asked the doctor is after the gates of hell have disclosed, you'd think he would say, oh, my God, I'm doomed. How can you help me? But no, this is not the way we think. He said, is there no exception? Which is awesome because that's what I do every day. I always look for that half measure and start thinking, what can I do that can make my life an exception to all these things that happen to me when I'm not following the steps and when I'm in the food. How can I be an exception? And then the doctor kind of teases him a little and says, yeah, there have been some exceptions in cases such as yours that have occurred. And the doctor then says, but think about this. It happened because of a huge vital spiritual experience. Nothing that a doctor ever did for anybody made them an exception to the gates of hell. So 
you keep reading, you keep going, and then at the bottom, he kind of the doctor kind of goes back a little bit again and says, "I'm trying to help you. This is what I have to offer. I'm trying to give you an emotional re- a rearrangement within you." And there's just something about this that reminds me of all the attempts that I made over the years to understand this disease and, and beat it and talk to experts and beat it and be an exception because I'm smart and I know what I'm doing. But nothing happened until one day I walked into OA, and we're lucky because when we walked in, the gates of hell were were not clinging down on us, but they're far in the distance. We're moving as far away from the gates of hell as we can get because we walked into a room of love, acceptance, healing, and recovery. And through the 12 steps, I've found that I don't need to be an exception. I just need to do what everyone else is doing. I need to work the steps. I need to listen to my higher power and talk to my higher power power, and work towards a greater consciousness with my higher power. I looked up the word vital because I wondered why would they use that word in front of this? Why do they need that in front of spiritual experience? Vital is absolutely necessary or important, essential, full of energy and lively. This isn't something where you sink back into the water and just relax and let everything happen around you. This is something that completely consumes you and lights you up. And that's that's what it is for me. Step one is really is taking away all the, the gates of hell and the darkness and despair and me wanting to be special and just putting me into the hands with all the other recovered people. And that's what I'm going to do. Like a lot of people on the phone said, is get on this phone every day, arm to arm, mm-hmm. and keep being. Thank you. Thank you, Shauna H. Sherry KB. You're next, and then we'll open up for a few more to share after you. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. It's Sherry KB in Northern California. Uh, very grateful to Recovery Compulsive Every Reader. Thanks so much for your service, Melanie, and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. And Wow, this, uh, this paragraph is just phenomenal to me. Um, a lot of people have talked about, you know, this is these are all different words for about changing ourselves, and... Um, you know, about vital, um, and I think of life-supporting um, is what really jumps out at me about vital, life-supporting. So um, for me, um, you know, I remember being told, you know, Sherry, there's just one thing you need to change, just one. And I was like, well, what's that? And they said, everything. <laughs> you need to change everything. And this is what it's telling me here is that the way, you know, until I put the food down, um, I could never, I could never change that feeling of feeling good in my abstinence. I was never able to do that. I was white knuckling it, but I was never able to feel happy, joyous, content, you know, um, and happy about my abstinence. Only my higher power can give me that. And all these other changes um, that I, I do because it's about unblocking. It's I have the job to unblock myself. Um, with working the steps. And then once I get unblocked, and my job is to stay unblocked, which means I have to have the food down, I have to live in the step work, and I get to connect with a power greater than myself that gives me that vital spiritual experience because I can't. I can't change my um, character defects. I can work on them. I can 
do a step four through nine, which is a, a mini step ten. Um, but I can't I can't make these changes by myself. But I need to take the action in order for them to be changed in me. And that's what is so amazing to me is just the experiences that I've had since I've done this work and this particular way, um, being in the steps, working the steps, uh, looking at my part. Um, I never wanted to look at my part before. I only wanted to look at your part. And that is just all this stuff is emotionally rearranged, emotional change, um, and continue uh, to to grow that, that spiritual experience that, you know, continue to enlarge my spiritual life, continues to change me in amazing depths of change. And the total difference of that um, change is looking on page, I think it's, um, shoot, where is it? Um, when we read about um, our, our bedevilments, it's a complete opposite on uh, what we read on page 52 of what I used to be like and what I'm like now, and it's a total change. And without my higher power, I cannot do have this vital change. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB, for sharing on page 27, the first four paragraphs, starting with paragraph one. And there is time for about three, maybe four people to continue in this discussion. Michelle MC. Hi, Michelle. Pia. Pia. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Well, let's uh, go right ahead with Michelle MC and then Pia. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Thank you so much for this line and for your service. It has changed my life totally. What kind of old ideas did I have? I, my old idea was I could eat moderately, that I am alone and a frightened human being, that God has abandoned me, the world is a hostile place, and I am in despair. But by living these steps, following directions that book has given me and my sponsor has told me to do, I now have new ideas. I am abstinent. I am not ever alone, and fear is only fleeting. I have a God who has always supplied my needs. And the world is not a hostile place. I am joyous and free. And I have a new way of life that I can be of service to others and not live in constant fear. And for that, I'm so eternally grateful. And I've been in OA a long time. I've had a gastric bypass to try and correct the problem, which was food. The problem wasn't food. It was my broken mind. And now that I've been given the new diagnosis, entire abstinence, I can have neutrality with food and live my life in service to others. Thank you, God. Thank you, vision. Thank you, life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Michelle MC. Pia, you're next. Pia S. Oh, hi, Melanie. This is Pia S. calling in from Florida today. And thank you so much for your service. And um, just wanted to say that I'm so grateful for this program and this meeting. It has helped me tremendously. And and um, I really wanted to share today because uh, I have uh, never shared on the line before. I've always been in fear of doing so. And it's because the, in the past, it was all about me, all about me, you know. And I didn't think so. I thought, you know, that um, I wasn't selfish by isolating and being by myself, eating in my, eating in loneliness and eating in isolation. But uh, 
but um, what this is all about is, you know, what has changed for me is that when I woke up today after what happened down here, I am thinking, you know, it's not about me. It's how can I be of help? How can I be of service? And that is because I have accepted spiritual help. Uh, I have a mind of a chronic alcoholic, and uh, and I need uh, I need a spiritual, a vital spiritual experience, and I have gotten that, and it's because I have worked practical steps. I have followed the instructions in this book. I have followed the guidance of other people that have gone before me. And, and this has happened automatically. I am a different person. I have had a personality change. And that is a miracle. But, and it's, you know, it's not, you know, it's simple, uh, but it's not easy, uh, like a lot of people have said before. But I had to, uh, I had to accept that I wasn't terminally unique. And, um, that you know, by working the steps, this can happen. I I have now a higher power working in my life. I have a working relationship with uh, that where I get guidance on a higher level, uh, on a higher plane. And um, just because of this book, so I'm so forever grateful to AA and OA. And you know, Vision is amazing. And I I wanna uh, I wanna just uh, just. Uh, finish off with this that I come from Norway a small little country up north where we think very little of ourselves uh, I came to this country and started listening to vision and wherever you are in the world if you feel small you can do this I mean I was that small person and now my heart is singing because of this uh, program so just keep coming back, keep listening, and uh, you can get this too. So thank you so much, Melanie, for letting me share, and have a good day. Thank you. Thank you, Pia. That's Pia S. Are there two other people that would like to comment on those paragraphs, page 27, the first four paragraphs, before we move on to the unrecorded portion of our meeting? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Are you taking names? Still for sharing? I am. I have the spots for two more. Do you want to? Yeah, this is Ruth M. Doris gotcha. D. Mm -hmm. And then Doris D. I got it. That'll be my two. Thanks so much. Ruth, go ahead. You're first. And then Doris. Okay. Hi. I've been listening. I've been listening and I've been listening. And and what I've been getting from from this, um, this has been a good meeting. And what I've been getting from this is, how grateful I am to have this thing. Um, I, I um, for years struggled over step one, being powerless. I even I would say it because I heard that's what you had to be in order to have this. And but I I never never gave up my will. I always thought I did. I had this self righteous. Um, way about attitude of, uh, about me. I can do this. I can handle this. You know, it's only food, but um, it took years of me um, going through the um, sanity of my disease for me to finally come 
to the terms that I am powerless over food, alcohol, and drugs. And um, and today where it says, um, I, I remember when the doctors didn't know how to help me and I felt doomed. I felt like I, I was, I was going to be a, a, a compulsive overeater for the rest of my life. Um, and then I, I'm looking at where it says, um, here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what I call the vital spiritual experience. And, and I have this now. This is awesome. You know, um, it, it, where it says, um, they appear to be in a nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements, ideas, emotions, and attitudes which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men are suddenly cast to one side. And I am experiencing that. I have been abstinent for um, four weeks. and No, for a month. Yeah, for four weeks, a month. And... Um, I'm working with a recovered sponsor, and it's just, I mean, I, I'm just um, on this journey, and, and it's a miracle for me. Um, and I have a completely new set of conceptions and motives that are dominating me. And that's, that, that jumped out at me, and, and, and that is, um, I'm relating to that so well with a lot of joy and a lot of gratitude. And um, I struggled for almost 30 years, and if I can do it, I, I believe anyone can. You know, I don't know. Everybody has to find their way. I found mine, and I am so grateful. And just keep praying and keep coming back. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ruth M. Doris D., you'll be the last person to share during the recorded session today. Welcome. Star one, please. Can you hear me? I can. Hey, good morning. Good morning. This is Doris D. Thanks for allowing me to speak. I'm very nervous. This is my first time speaking on vision. Uh, this speaks to me in volume. I wrote beside this paragraph. This is for me. And on the other side, I wrote vital because um, I have read this before but never have it spoken to me the way it has spoken to me and listening to everyone else speak on it. It's the uh, huge emotional displacement that really stuck out for me. It, I have to change entirely my way of thinking. In order to really get this program, I really feel that everything about my thinking has to change my way of walking has to change. My way of talking has to change. I have always had a higher power, uh, which is which is who I call God. And um, I had to change my way to suit him. And this big book is telling me I have to change my way to suit this big book. I have to fit into the way this big book is telling me the way I have to live my life. I am grateful that God is showing me the way to walk and the way the big book is showing me 
the way to walk and to live my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Doris D. That actually does leave us about three minutes, maybe two, actually, if somebody wants to grab that time up. Hi, Colleen. Can you guys hear me? Hi, Colleen. I can. Would you like to take that two minutes? Yes, I would. Um, Hi, my name is Colleen, and I'm working on my recovery with my compulsive overeating, and I just wanted to hop in and say I'm listening and I'm on the line, and I'm so grateful for all of the shares and the knowledge that I'm getting from this group that is so strong. I don't really have a lot to share in reflection. I just wanted you guys to know that I'm out there and I'm grateful to be a part of this, to have this be here. So for all of you that do this service and make this meeting happen and are doing the good hard work of being recovered, I'm really appreciative because I'm working on my recovery right now. Thank you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Colleen D. That's a lovely way to end this portion of our meeting. And thank you all that shared today. appreciate that very much. So that does end the sharing part. And the re- we're soon to be ending the recording part, so hang with us here. Um, we will now close this piece with our reading from the big book on page 164. And then we'll follow that with a serenity prayer if you want to stick around for that as well. Um, Peggy M., would you please read a vision for your book is meant to be suggestive only? Thank you. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will pass, will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to Him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep